This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about the federal conservative party leadership race now. And it seems like the biggest news coming out of this thing lately is not who's running for the job. It's who's dropping out of the race. The latest high profile exit, Manitoba MP. Candace Bergen, highly touted for a potential bid for this job. I think she would have gotten a lot of support here, too. And she has now announced that she will not seek the position. That follows earlier announcements from other high-profile potential candidates dropping out of the contest. Jean Charest, the former Quebec premier. Pierre Poiliev, conservative MP. And very notably, Rana Ambrose, who might have been the front runner here if she had gone for it. She announced that she is not running either for the federal conservative leadership. Is this thing like turning into a coronation here now for Peter McKay? It just seems like it's wide open for him. Let's talk to a couple of excellent analysts and pundits now. Elise Mills on the line. She's a political commentator and strategist and advisor, and I'm very pleased to welcome her back. Hi, Elise. Hi, Mike. Also on the line, Colin Metcalf. He is a Conservative Party strategist, longtime veteran of politics. Colin, thanks for coming on. Glad to be here. Elise, let me go to you first. Candace Bergen drops out of the race. Your thoughts? Um, I reached out to her last night when I heard the news and we messaged back and forth and she knows how disappointed I am to see that she's not going to be joining the leadership race. Um, I understand her reasons behind it, um, but I think this indicates to to women like myself in the party and maybe other members of the party that we're looking to see uh, a woman of her caliber come forward, maybe some of the issues that women are facing around uh, not just in the Conservative Party. This isn't women and leadership races and even getting them through nomination battles. As you know, Mike, being an observer for as long as you have been, it's very difficult sometimes to get the type of organization and bankroll that you need to be able to take on that type of uh, campaign. Yeah, I think she would have been a really appealing candidate. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think she would have got a lot of support. What What are her reasons for not running? Did she tell you? Well, I'm not going to share a personal conversation I've had with her, but I think she made it very clear in her public statement. Um, But I think this is a conversation that conservative women are having quietly uh, amongst ourselves. And I think with our husbands and boyfriends who are in the party or our friends that are men in the party. And I will say that I know a lot of men that are asking this question as well. Men that I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear from on this. And I think it goes to not just women, but 
a diversity of candidates. Maybe um, I think also I was hoping to see candidates come forward that like Candace, that are powerhouses that have a lot to say that are have, demonstrate agility on so many files. I mean, I keep thinking of Candace and Lisa Raitt during the SNC uh, yeah. scandal, how yeah. strong they were. Yes. Um, and I kind of expected to see some leadership coming out of the private sector who had indicated privately to some groups that they had been interested. So, um, so yeah, I think this is about looking for people that are not afraid to express big ideas and challenge uh, the current establishment or, or the current uh, menu that conservatives are receiving. Colin Metcalf, your thoughts on this Candace Bergen dropping out? And I agree with Elise there. I think she did a very effective job on the SNC-Lavalin file. She's been a really good MP, I think, for the conservatives. Uh, your thoughts on her not running? I couldn't agree more how uh, about it about it uh, it being a disappointment that she's not uh, running. Um, I'm uh, I'm still holding hope that uh, people like Michelle Rempel, um, I know that uh, other other people, uh, men like John Williamson, are looking at uh, going. Rick Peterson has talked about going if he hasn't already confirmed. So I think that you know it's going to be a healthy race. I mean, you, you talked earlier about it being a coronation. It isn't going to be a coronation even with the current um uh you know uh, folks that we've got committed in the race today because you know um you know I'm I'm supporting Peter uh Peter McKay um I know that uh, Aaron O'Toole is going to be a formidable a formidable opponent and with some of the other names that are that are still considering I, I it's going to be uh, it, it will be a race regardless but uh yeah I was supportive I was hopeful that uh, as you know Mike when I was on your show earlier I talked about the notion of Ron Ambrose and you know you got to look around and and look at what the, op- the, the current government um, were fearful of the most. Um, I think they were fearful the most of Rana. And um, for good reason. And um, when you look, when you start going down the list of those that are in the race, um, I think that they're going to also be fearful of, uh, of either of the leading candidates or several of the others that, uh, you know, if, if there's a surprise in this leadership race and one of them win, um, the good thing is, is that we've got a strong cal- uh, you know, caliber of candidates running across the board. Yeah, do you think so? Uh, do you agree with that, Elise? I mean, do you think if you were to hold Justin Trudeau down and give him a shot of truth serum and and said, who, who do who would you least least want to run against? Do you think he probably would have said Ronna Ambrose? I think he probably that's the one they feared the most. Well, I would like an opportunity just to use the truth serum on a variety of questions, Mike, with Justin Trudeau. But um, yeah, I think for sure. I mean. Colin has probably seen Rana since she left interim as being our interim leader. I'm not sure, Mike, if you've interviewed her since that time, but I think Colin would agree with me. <clears throat> Any rough edges this lady had are have are long gone. She's got a statesmanlike appeal to her or statesman person uh, presence about her. Uh, she, I think she's fully enjoying that she can speak freely, which in a weird way has actually made her one of the most powerful conservative voices in the country. And so I find that dichotomy quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I think Rana was the person to beat. Um, and again, I think Candace Bergen would have been uh, the person to beat as well. I think, is, and I have no, I, I really, I like Peter McKay and I like Aaron O'Toole, but I'm looking for something different. I'm looking for something new. I want to see something fresh come forward. I want to be passionate. I want us to be getting out of the cycle of 2011 because that's where we've been 
since 2011. And I think, uh, I don't even think Mr. Harper would want us to be hanging on to that majority win and the policy plans we had then, because although they worked really well then, the country is, and the world is 100% different. Um, and I would like us to be sort of breaking past some of the impasses that we seem to be getting ourselves involved in. Um, I, I remember the lead up to 2011, Colin uh, would obviously be better to speak to the intricacies of that, but I remember feeling so passionate and so proud of where we were going. We were building towards 2020 then. We should be building towards 2030 today. Okay, okay. Ronna Ambrose, I think that was a big disappointment for a lot of people that she's not running. Do you, do you think, Elise, she's holding out for that ambassadorship to the United States that there was a lot of speculation she'd be named the ambassador to Washington State or Washington, D.C. No, no, I think everyone I, I, I mean, I could be 100 percent wrong about this, but I don't think the adversary was the job as ambassador, because I think the reason she doesn't the same reason she wouldn't take leader are the same reason she wouldn't want the ambassadorship. Yes, it's an incredibly powerful job, but I think she feels she has so much more work to do. And if you look at the uh, what the, the what's in front of her and the issues that she's particularly interested in advocating and speaking on, I wouldn't say the ambassadorship job is necessarily the be all and end all. I think it's an incredible compliment, but she would also be boxed in. She wouldn't be able to speak as freely as she does today. And I'm really enjoying watching Ronna Ambrose okay. in 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 the way she behaves and operates today let's talk about some of the people who are running for this job here now colin you mentioned that you're supporting peter mckay uh for the job what does he bring to the to the table here and do you think that you mentioned you don't think this is a coronation you think he's going to have to fight to get the, to win this thing i think every candidate that expects to uh to walk into a leadership race and not put up a fight is uh, fooling themselves um you know I, I go back to my first uh um leadership race back in in, in 1983 when i was uh, in high school supporting uh, Mulroney for that leadership then um there these are rarely do you see coronations even when kim campbell um you know won in uh, in the leadership uh, uh, succeeding Mulroney, um Sheree gave him a run uh, gave her a run for her money and surprised a lot of people um this this leadership will be no different. Uh, there, were, there are going to be uh, some. Um, there are going to be right now. We've got two. I think you know uh, front runners in, um, in in Peter McKay and Aaron O'Toole. Uh, the reason why I've decided to support Peter is because I think he's a founding father of the of the new Conservative Party, the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, he he has um, uh, solid roots in the progressive conservative side of the equation, uh, and he spent uh, the entirety of uh, of the Conservative um, uh, government in government and in cabinet. So we understand understands how the cabinet works. He understands uh, the importance of caucus solidarity. He understands all of the nuances around ensuring that he's got the best team in cabinet to, to govern the country properly. I'm looking forward to not only someone that's going to bring new ideas uh, and uh, and uh, policies to Canada, but also internally, I think we need to move the party forward. And in doing so, I think that we can provide Canadians with a, with a, a, a fresh alternative to what okay. we've been offering them in the past. Elise, can yeah. McKay can McKay do that? Well, this is. I think if we could just take it back a, a step, because I think we're missing uh, one key observation here is that this leadership is not just about electing a new leader. The party is starving to for big policy, big ideas. And what I consistently am hearing from members is that legacy brand names aren't working for them. It doesn't. There's no loyalty to that anymore. They, there's many conservatives that feel that we haven't been challenged policy-wise. We haven't done the work that we should have been doing 
so that this leadership could have really topped it off. I think if we had done the work on the policy side prior to this time, we might have had a different conversation than we're having today. And it definitely could involve Peter McKay. But now someone like Peter McKay has the struggle of having, if he's going to go out there, he's got to come out with, a with I would expect, some uh, interesting and passionate ideas around policy, how he's going to move the party forward. All the leadership candidates will be asked by the membership in varying ways what they're going to do to answer that question, which I think makes this a different leadership uh, convention, even though, yes, we always hear about the platform and the ideas. Unfortunately, though, just the, 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 the body of the party, the mind of the party. Is this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system in that position where they want that big policy type moment, those big passionate ideas, and we happen to also need a new leader. So okay. it's, I think it's more difficult than it may have been in the past. Well, Elise, do you think the, the high entry fee is a barrier in this race? $300,000, that's a lot of money. You know, I actually think it's a great thing. Um, what bothered me the most in 2017 was the quantity versus the quality. Um, and so right now we only have two candidates that have filed their papers. Um, I think that type of money means that you're raising about 30000 a week, but it also has to, it demonstrates how, not only how wide, but how deep your support is. And I think that's actually a good thing. Um, I think if you're going to be leader and possibly leader of the country, you, you need to be able to demonstrate that support. Money walks the talk right Mike so I think it's a good thing and that's actually I would say the one of the best decisions we've made around our leadership races um, and I don't think this <clears throat> I wouldn't say this would have discouraged Candace Bergen I wouldn't say that was the issue there um, and it definitely wouldn't have been the issue for Ronna Ambrose so if we're speaking about it as you know maybe for uh, diverse candidates women and people from different ethnic communities I don't think that's necessarily the issue there uh, for for, for these for these women but uh, but and it definitely we'll see if someone like Rick Peterson uh, is going to be able to raise three hundred thousand dollars or uh, you know the other candidates that we've been talking about as well I think I don't think Peter McKay is going to have any issue with this and I, I I don't know if Aaron O'Toole will be able to do it do it but I don't think he'll have a problem either Colin your I thoughts agree. I agree. Uh, the issue, I think one of the fundamental reasons why Candace may not have decided to uh, to move forward was on, on the issue of uh, her bilingualism. I understand that she um, can speak French, but to the extent that she can speak it well enough, I think may have been a, a big hurdle for her uh, not to overcome. I mean, some of the front runners are also being um, criticized for their, um, their uh, ability to speak uh, uh, French, and it's a fair criticism. So I think that that may have been a factor in her deciding to opt out. What do you think of that, Elise? Yeah, it was definitely a factor. I would say it was the first thing that she brought up with me. So, you know, it's interesting. We want women like Candace Bergen, but we don't want necessarily, you know, we, we have to take a look at, you know, supporting women like Candace Bergen who are going to be on the trajectory of learning French. I, I understand the importance around it. 
But I think it says a lot when we know that the media is going to crucify and kill off really good candidates and not give them the runway to be able to learn the language. Uh, someone like Candace would have that ability to do so. But I think the concern is she doesn't want to step out there uh, and be crucified on day one. Um, and as Colin knows, uh, the criticism is harsh. And it detracts people away from learning who you really are. Because right now, Canadians don't really know Candace Bergen. And so it's a huge opportunity to brand her to Canadians. But if your first story out the door is that you're just a horrible candidate because you're not bilingual or fully bilingual, then that just sort of kills the, kills the moment. Kills the momentum. We, we've just got a minute left here, guys. Colin, I already see criticism on social media from the Liberals going after McKay and other and candidates in this race. Uh, after McKay had indicated that he would not support a carbon tax in Canada, is this is it is the carbon tax issue for for your thoughts? Is that one of those sort of no go zones for any conservative candidate? You can't support a carbon tax and become leader of this party. Uh, I don't think so, but I mean, it, it is a uh, a keystone element that the Conservative Party has stood behind for the for the past decade. Um, there, you know, there is going to need to be a uh, a very close examination of the uh, leadership candidates' policies for the environment and for other aspects of uh, of uh, of other key issues. Um, uh, you know, as we as we move through this race. So, uh, okay. you know, best thing I can tell you at this point is stay tuned. Thank you to both of you for coming on. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. I appreciate it a lot. It's Elise Mills and Colin Metcalf weighing in on the Conservative Party leadership race.